0: So we came back to inspect it, and the person we bought it from was a slumlord, and so we're looking at it. We got there before her to the appointment, and the maintenance guy said, hey, come check this. You guys, come check this out. Look what I'm doing over here. So we're in the building, and underground he had had a, a leak, and he had to go 17 feet busting up the concrete between two units to find the, the end of the leak because the, the pipe was just crumbling. Well, what happens is when you, that pipe crumbles, you just keep chasing that leak, and you know that it's, it's never going to end. So we said, hey, this is bad. This is this is horrible. We got to replace all the plumbing now because if it's that bad underground, we've seen the pipes. We said, this is not the only isolated place. It's everywhere, it's deteriorated. We were in our inspection period. And we, so we went to the broker and said, listen, we, get, we need a $250,000 credit or we're
1: bailed. As an operator, I know other investors are romanticizing multifamily investing. And I'm looking to learn from other investors' mistakes. I know you are too. you found the right place welcome to myers methods presents multi-family missteps hey everybody and welcome to myers methods presents multi family missteps i'm your host jerome and i've got the great pleasure of having bruce Woolat with me. Did I get that right, Bruce?
0: That's good. Bruce Woolat, yes, with Bakerson.
1: Bakerson. So you came to us through Ruben. And sure did, the Capital Razor Show, yes. I've had the great pleasure of being on the Capital Raiser Show and networking with Ruben over the past few months. And when I reached out to the LinkedIn family, he jumped in and tagged you guys at Bakerson and wanted to demonstrate how well you guys have been doing in the marketplace. And so with that, would you do me a favor and share with the listeners a little bit about your background?
0: Sure, I'll keep it, I'll keep it brief. Um, Bakerson, I've been in business, uh, founded the company in 2002 in October and uh, partnered with a fellow by the name of Jack Martin. And we, um, both of our fathers were bakers. In fact, they worked together at the Woolett Bakeries, a family, my family bakery, a family's bakery in Minnesota back in the 60s. And so that's where the name Bakerson Came, came from. We're sons of bakers. So I tell people, yep, I'm an SOB. I'm a son of a baker. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets people's attention. They remember that. And then uh, we, uh, we formed the business and we started the buy, fix, and sell of single family homes. And this was 2002, 2003, and we could find way more properties we could possibly fix and sell. So uh, I was introduced to wholesaling and we wholesaled over, uh, over 2,000 homes in the course of our career. And about uh, five or six years ago, uh, we were flipping multifamily. We said, hey, why don't we buy, fix, and sell, form syndications, and we could create uh, value, do value creation. So we did that with uh, six buildings in Phoenix is where we started. And then the Phoenix market got a little bit bit crazy in our mind. Even though it's doubled since then, um, it was pretty crazy four years ago. So we started uh, pursuing things in Tucson. And... Around that time, Jack Martin and I went different ways. The good news is we're still best friends. We talk every week. Um, no, no bad blood at all. He, he wanted to pursue other dreams, and I wanted to stick with the, with the uh, brick-and-mortar multifamily. So we, uh, we did, like I said, we did, uh, he, he was part of the buildings in Phoenix. And then when I went into Tucson, I branched out on our, on our own, and we've done uh, 10 buildings down there, smallest being 12, largest being 107. And in Phoenix, our smallest was six, largest was 120. So they're, our sweet spot is the 50 to one hundred fifty to 100, you know, around 75 is really a good uh, niche for us. And We're able to carve that out and do pretty well with those. So that's a really fast introduction of who we are. Um, so that's, and we
1: can get into more detail as you uh, ask more questions. Yeah, man. So that's super impressive. 2,000 homes, and that's before the big wave of wholesaling and doing it virtually and being in the Phoenix market and all those guys that are kind of the thought leaders of the industry now. Um, yeah,
0: we haven't wholesaled since. Uh, uh,
1: boy, I'm guessing 2015. Wow. Wow, that that's that's aggressive. Did you make most of your transactions during the recession or were you kind of even all the way through? No, we, we made uh
0: Yeah, we made a lot of them actually between 2002 to 2007. We sold all of our rental properties in 2007 and got into the land and we thought we were gonna be some, some super big developers. We had this big plan and we, we secured a square mile of land. Uh, we were working with a group that had contact with Craig Norman, he designed a, a course on paper and he was gonna fly out and we were gonna become these big wig golf course developers. And then the market had other ideas. Um, so 2008, nine, 10, the world came crashing down, regrouped in 2011. And then 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 is when we really wholesale as many as 300 homes a year in some of those years. So, um, it was, it was quite a deal. And some of those, we, um, the transactions we had done, uh, our largest is, uh, you know, people talk about single escrow and double escrow. Our largest is four escrows on one property with three title companies. It was insane. It was so much fun though.
1: Whoa. I would be scared that <laughs> that thing didn't close. Um, so, you know, this is multifamily missteps and, I imagine through this journey, you guys have had some hiccups along the way, a bunch of pivots. Is there a specific deal you want to talk about today?
0: Well, there there's three three properties I want to share where we had some missteps, but the good news are that the missteps and they're, they're similar similar cases. So um you want me to just dive right into it, I can just start sharing. Okay, we had a um, we purchased a 74-unit property in Tucson. Um, and during the inspection, we uh we went there to, we said, you know, we're gonna do another inspection of the chiller system because it's a master metered chiller system. If you're not in the south Southwest, you may not know what that is, but it's, uh, um, I guess they probably have them in other areas too, but it's, a. Uh, the heating and cooling is done through hot water and cold water. And so the, the summertime, there's cold water pipes run through the pipes and then, you know, runs through a coil and then the air blows through that and it cools the place off. So it's, it's water-based and it's a sealed system. And if it's not sealed, uh, then, you know, then you have a problem because you can't uh if you don't have running water through there you can't keep it cool or hot so we noticed that the that the meter there's a, there's a meter on there that tells you if the water is leaking and it was slowly moving, which means it was losing you know i think it was uh, you know six to ten gallons a minute six gallons a minute i don't remember the exact numbers but it was you could, you could see that the the meter was moving, which is not good because the sealed system should not move so we came back to inspect it, and the person we bought it from was a slumlord. and so we're looking at it. We got there before I heard of the appointment and the maintenance guy said, hey, come check this, you guys come check this out. Look what I'm doing over here. So we're in the building and underground, he had had a, a leak and he had to go 17 feet busting up the concrete between two units to find the, the end of the leak because the, the pipe was just crumbling. Well, what happens is when you, that pipe crumbles, you just keep chasing that leak and you know that it's, it's never gonna end. So we said, hey, this is bad. This is, this is horrible. We got to replace all the plumbing now because if it's that bad underground, we've seen the pipes. We said this is not the only isolated place; it's everywhere. It's deteriorated. We were in our inspection period, and we so we went to the broker and said, "Listen, we got we need a two hundred fifty thousand dollars credit, or we're, we're bailing." While well, the lady was uh, was scrambling to sell, she accepted it, and we were able to get a two hundred fifty thousand dollars credit, and then the repair on that ended up being about three hundred seventy five so it was went over um, what we or went about where we budgeted so we weren't um, it did cost more but there was, we bought it low enough twenty something twenty three thousand dollars a door and so that was uh we averted a, a major deal there by going for that second inspection. Had we not done that, we had had a mess on our hands without an ability to really overcome it. I think it could have been a really big problem so the the misstep was that the um the first, we, we missed that in the first inspection. The second inspection, it was alerted to us just by the luck of chance that the maintenance guy told us. Well, what happened was he had switched. This was in April. He had switched from uh, winter to, to summer. So you got to go from cold water to hot. We're supposed to bring it down to ambient air. Uh, we water down to ambient air temperature, and then convert it over. If you do it too quick, go from hot to cold, it shocks the system, and some of the some of the joints can come loose. And she was really upset that he flipped it over before. Um, or while they still owned it. So we were very thankful that it
1: happened because we were able to get a big, big credit. Do you still buy, uh, buildings with chillers in them?
0: Yes. We have three buildings currently in Tucson, 74, 75, and 90, and they all have master meter chillers on them.
1: Yep. So they don't scare you at this point, just because you were able to get the credit done and really not a whole lot of other impact otherwise.
0: Well, that was, uh, you can call that one a seminar. We learned a lot about the Chiller system, and, and my son went to school on that, so to speak, and he learned inside and out, and he became an expert relatively quick. Once you understand them, they're actually quite. They're not over. They're not too much. But when we first got in there, we're like, "Whoa, there's way too much to understand." But um, he just asked a ton of questions, did a ton of research, and now we love them. I, I'll gladly buy them anywhere in Texas. If you know Texas has them as well, and I'd love to love to pursue some of those when we expand to other markets. But yeah, it's that was the the biggest um scare we had it's like wow we're so glad we found that
1: now you, um, you mentioned the 375 was a total expenditure to fix that you got a two hundred and fifty thousand credit did you expect it to be 250 to fix it or did you budget the 375.
0: no we, we got a pretty solid number that it was still within the budget um but we knew that once we replaced all that it added value to the property because the the screw machine that, that condenses or that, you know, that creates the heat or, or creates the cooling was brand new. And so she had had that it was only a couple of years old and the furnace was fairly new. So for the hot water, so there was very, uh, once we got done almost everything except for the little tower out, the cooling tower outside was brand new. So we have 30, it's a 30 year system. Now, if you maintain it properly, you can run that for 30 years without an issue. So that's why that became, um, the value add that we could say, okay, we, we went for two hundred and fifty, um, knowing that it's going to cost us more, but we said, you know what? That's okay. That's a risk we're willing to take. And it's an escrow right now. We should be closing here in a couple of weeks on that one for a sale. And it's, it's going to do really well.
1: Really? So you're exiting the deal after making the value add, were you able to bump rents and do all the other stuff? Tell me a little bit more about the deal and since you're going full cycle on it.
0: Yeah, that one there we were, yeah, we we're able to push the rents quite a bit further than we thought we added, um, rubs, uh, You know, for uh, reimbursements for for utilities, and that is at fifty to a hundred dollars per unit in addition to the rent. So we're pushing that pretty high, but it's all bills all bills paid when they come in. There's their 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 electric um, and water and heating and cooling is all covered in the in the rent. So we have rubs. The bigger units are a hundred dollars per unit in addition to the rent. But the the resident base that we have, it's really good for them because they don't you know they may not qualify for the turn on and turn off of power and all that. Some of those it's just can be difficult for the lower income individuals to, to be able to do that. So, since it's all, all bills paid, it, it works well for us. Um, so, we're, we were able to push rents. We um, went, went over budget on that, but the good news is the market saved us. And the, the other two units, the other two projects I'm going to share with you as well that had similar issues, the market has saved us. And that's uh, um, so, if we'd have been in a different market like right now, if we'd have been getting into them, they, we'd be a little bit more, little more nervous, but we bought them you know, two, three years ago. So the the market was lower then, and it's just gone straight up since then.
1: What's up, guys? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know we launched Myers Methods in the fall of 2019 with the ambition to inspire a new breed of multifamily investor. If you are interested in getting into multifamily or scaling your current business, hop over to our website at MyersMethods.com to grab your free four step guide on how to get the ball rolling in multifamily. Now, let's get back to the episode nice nice um now are you saying there's two more deals you want to talk through or is it the same issue on all three
0: no it's a it's, uh, little bit different issues the, the biggest challenge we had we went into tucson and and tackling our, our first deals on our own was uh, underestimating the cost of of plumbing and, and air conditioning and so the ac the ac uh, estimates we are off usually around 20 percent and the plumbing around 20 percent however on a 30 the 32 unit that we purchased in um, was half vacant. We ran it down to four occupied units out of 32 during the repositioning, and so we completely vacated it, rebuilt it inside out. Um, but we went over—we went three times the budget on heating or in the AC units and the plumbing because of the issues that we ran into once we dove into it. Because those are hidden from the from everybody, right? So we had three times over budget and we were pretty nervous, but the market was very good to us and we sold it and then really did well on it. But it was only because of the market, it was nothing that we did. And the rents went, we were able to push the rents higher than we put on our performance. So that, that helped push the value. But if it wasn't for that, you know, it, it could have been a whole different story. So yeah, we, uh, we're thankful that the market, the market spoke and we were able to, to turn it effectively and, and turn a good profit.
1: So you said you were 20% over budget on your HVAC what what is a dollar for it? no
0: that's no i'm sorry on the on one property we're uh, all, or a couple of properties, with we 20 20 over budget but on this 32 unit we went three times our budget so we're 300 percent.
1: wow and so that's a million bucks
0: no it, it ended up being um yeah you know, we had we had done lighter because we didn't think that once we got in there we'd have to replace some of the uh um the the Split, you know, it, the AC units were outside the door, and then the uh, heat, the heating portion was inside, and there was a split system, and we didn't realize the cost of of of, of um, revamping the split system. We ran a lot of issues once we dove into and turned them on. There was a lot of issues internally that we did not foresee because they're in a closet in the hall that the AC units, and then the condensers are outside, um, hanging on the wall.
1: So. so- Okay. I mean, you, you just, I mean, you just write a check to fix the problem or, I mean, how'd you guys work through that? Cause that, I mean, that's a big number. I mean, we were off. We ended, yeah, a- we went So
0: we went back to the investor. Um, there was a one-off investor. We went back for a, a capital call and he was gracious enough to push it, get us some more capital. We put in our own capital as well to cover that. So it was, um, it, it ended up all right. But again, it, only because of the market shift did we able to push rents higher than we thought. Highly performer that it was. Uh, it turned out to be a good, really good return.
1: So I feel like everybody dreads the capital call. How was that conversation? Was it painful, or was he pretty gracious?
0: No, he was very gracious. It was we we shared it with him, and he said as long as it goes in as the same same uh, return as the rest of them, that it doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt him, it doesn't dilute his shares. He says he's willing to do that, and we were able to do it and not dilute his shares. So he still had over eighteen percent annualized, you know, IRR. So we were able to score on that because. Um, we were able to show that we were able to push rents and get a better value out of the property. Um, okay, and so- Again, like I said, though, if we were in a, in a soft or, or dropping market, who knows how we would have handled that? I, I don't want to know. I, I'm pretty,
1: pretty grateful
0: it, it worked out the way it did.
1: So for the folks who don't know, um, dilution of equity means anytime more capital comes into the deal, it can change the ownership percentages. And so did everybody contribute at the same amount? or how did you guys actually make sure that the equity wasn't diluted? Because you said you guys- was- it was,
0: Yeah, there was only one investor in there. Mm-hmm. And we just, we just maintained that he got the same same return that we had on the pro forma for the initial. And he was able to to see through that and we were able to show him that, hey, this is actually gonna help. If you put this in, this is where we're gonna put the value and your It's not going to dilute your shares because we're pushing value by making these additional repairs. And and we were able to push rents because of what we did on the turns on the inside, um, making it a almost a B minus quality. We ran it as a B minus even though it was a C property, a C neighborhood. We were able to push it because of the um, surrounding amenities. There was nice malls, you know, really nice mall with higher end stuff right nearby. So the people that worked there had a little higher wages. Um, We had people from the hospital as well as police officer renting from there. So it was a very safe. Almost a B-minus property, but we bought it. It was, like I say, it was a slumlord. It was 50% vacant. We brought it down to four occupied units. Which, um, by the way, that's another thing that people may not um, have the stomach for. Our 74 unit, we brought down to 17 occupied while we were turning that because we had to shut everything down with that um, repiping the, the chiller system. And you know, no heat in the, in the or no no AC, so we couldn't in the summertime. we were, so we were working on it, we couldn't have people in there.
1: Did you guys plan to go that low? Cause I mean, you absolutely can't pay your mortgage with that. So was the plan? We call
0: no, we call that the valley of death. Um, when you, when your expenses, there's no income. So we, we do budget that in there. We show the investors that, Hey, that one was, that one is syndicated. We showed the investors that during this time, your equity is going to fund the debt and here's how it's going to work. And we push through that and, and still, you know, that's on the market now for, about sixty thousand a door. We were in. You know, we bought it for twenty three. So, the the return is going to be pretty solid.
1: Well, how much are you guys putting into rehabs? If you don't mind me asking. On the seventy four unit, we put
0: um, close to a million in rehab. And the thirty two unit, we put um, we bought it for eight fifty, and we put a close to the same in rehab.
1: So. So. 12 a door or so, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that one was that one. Yeah, some of those we've gone a little bit, quite a bit higher. So I, I suppose I should figure out per door. Um, um, yeah, we were 13,000 a door in rehab on that one on the uh, 74 unit. And then um, let me see the, yeah, and we we're about. 20 a door on that other one, that, that 32 units. So it's pretty steep. Those are um, rough estimates. But yeah, those are really, really heavy turns. And I'm not afraid of those.
1: Right. Right. So I mean, let's let's wrap this thing up, because we promised these things would be short and jam-packed. And I mean, you've added a lot of value for me, because I'm in the process of looking at a 66 with uh, a chiller system. So the thing that you just offered to me is pretty rewarding. By all
0: means call us if you have any questions any any questions at all on the tiller system or what you need to look for call us call us call us we're open book on this we it's a it's a very large sandbox we can all play and get along so don't hesitate to call with questions please
1: yeah wow, i really appreciate that bruce what words of wisdom do you offer to the folks that are entering to this place or scaling in this place
0: well it's a phrase that i i coined uh, two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago at our monday morning meeting be the rock in in times of uncertainty that as a leader of your organization, you really need to be firm and be the rock, and not be uh, pushed around by the winds of change.
1: And so, how is that? How are you? How is that impacting your business? What are you guys doing? Where are you steady? Where are you placing your rocks right now?
0: Right now, we're very uh, pushing pushing rents and and working with the residents. Uh, so far, we've got only a couple out of the 200 and so residents that have asked uh, for any forgiveness or. or some relief due to the coronavirus so currently we're, we're not affected at the property level uh, we're bracing ourselves for the next week because today is uh, your rents are due so we'll see how it goes over the next couple of weeks but as of uh, yesterday the uh, manager said that it looked very optimistic um, just be informative keep communication open with the residents and realize that they are in fact your customer
1: awesome bruce i really appreciate your time and if i can do anything to help out please let me know
0: Sounds good. Thanks so much for letting me be on your,
1: uh, on your show. This is awesome. Thank you. Talk to you soon. You made it to this juncture, so you really love what we shared on this episode of Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review and share this with somebody who's interested in multifamily investing. Until the next time, the pack is with Ooh. you.